As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about SifPop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. SifPop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out SifPop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's just hoping to get back on the lunchbox, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. <laughs> oh no, I know what happens next. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and this is him being reasonable. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. It's not his first weird trip, kid. It's Dom Fisher! Woo! <laughs> Definitely not the first weird trip. Uh, I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, uh, it, in this uh, environment, it's your third weird trip uh, hanging out <laughs> with us on Sif Pop to Chat Movies. We are, of course, of course, of course, of course, talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, do not make the mistake of calling it Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, because a nerd he's, somewhere... He's in that. He's so in <laughs> a that. A nerd somewhere will get shivers on the back of their uh, neck and they will correct you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness came out this week and we're going to talk all about it. In fact, it is going to be a Marvel-centric show today. We are going to talk mm -hmm. about uh, the Doctor Strange movie. We're going to attempt to do an update to our Marvel sift sort, our MCU sift sort. Now, Dom, you've never participated, I believe, in a sift sort with us here at Sift Pop. This is a challenge because at the end of the day, all three of us must agree on the order of all 28 Marvel movies that exist in the MCU right now. So... It uh, sounds like a daunting task. The good news is we have a baseline to start from because we've done this before. So that will uh, help us get through it. Uh, we'll also do a best ever challenge for Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, best ever Benedict Cumberbatch movies, and of course our buried treasure uh, at the end. But let's, let's uh, waste no time getting into it. Let's talk about Dr. 
Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. Doctor Strange, with the help of mystical allies, both old and new, traverses the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. Uh, We're going to be as spoiler-free as possible here during the main show. We will do a sift spoil on this. Certainly with Marvel shows, there's always plenty to talk about in the, the spoiler realm. But for now, let's just talk about the movie in general. And how we felt about it, this, as mentioned, is the 28th movie in the MCU, uh, which blows my mind um, over the course of the last, what, 12 years, 13 years. And uh, yeah, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'm going to start with Andrew this time. It's just okay. Just okay from Andrew. Dom. Maybe you... maybe low side of okay. Low side of okay. Maybe, it's just but getting for now worse. I'm just going to go with okay. Just oh okay. Oh my. Dom, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Um. So I have now seen it twice, so oh. I will say that I liked it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, did that change? Did that needle change after the second it, time? It, it did. It did. Uh, it, went, it went up a notch. Okay. Just one. Just one. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I thought I was going to be the downer this week, but uh, but I, I also am in the Just Okay camp. I, I really struggle with my thoughts on this one. Really yeah. struggle with them because I know so much of what I'm struggling with is stuff that other people will like. I know it. I know for a fact that that some of the things that I am not enjoying about this movie are things other people will really enjoy. Uh, so I guess with that caveat, yeah, I'll say okay, just okay, um, is probably right there in the center is, is probably where I'll land. So let's talk about that, guys. All three of us were just kind of mediocre. Dom, you watched it again and liked it more. I'm hoping that's the case with me, too, is that if I see it again, maybe that'll bump the needle up a little bit. But because you've seen it twice and you liked it a little bit more than Andrew and I, uh, talk a little bit about what you like about this movie. Yeah, why so... is it the best MCU movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like it the say... most, so you get, you get to be the one who says that, yeah. I will say what my initial beef, my my biggest beef with the film was that it's called the multiverse of madness and mm-hmm. we didn't get as much multiversal travel as I expected. I expected it to be heavier cameos only because of I figured there'd be some pit stops where you see an alternate version of characters we already know, mm-hmm. even if just for a second. Um, and then on my second watch after knowing that I got to sit back more and enjoy it for what it was. You got to release some of those expectations. Yeah. I think I had similar expectations. I think, I think there was something about it that I just expected it to really go nuts. Like you want to go nuts? Let's go nuts. (laughs) Uh, Like, and really just kind of play with several ideas and several multiverses. And it's just not, it's not concerned with being that movie. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. I think I uh, I should have known when I saw the runtime. When you get like a this big MCU movie and it's mm-hmm. right over two hours, I should have known because um, yeah. it kind of threw me off when I first heard it. I was like, two hours? Like that's it? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm a I like Sam Raimi. I enjoyed the the horror aspect of it. I'm a big horror fan, especially mm-hmm. the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little corny at times where there were certain lines that I was like, uh, that was real <laughs> cringy. Um, you know, but I mean, I enjoyed like the pace. I enjoyed that. Um, it kind of it started off really quick. We didn't need setup. We know who what's going on. We know the characters, and it just is full go. Um, and I enjoyed the way it visually looked great. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, I'd see it in IMAX. It's going to be probably your best bet to to get you know the full effect. Um, a lot of people uh, seeing it in 3D. I like a, a lot of 3D uh, going around okay. my timeline right now, which made me really happy. I love 3D technology. I want yeah. it to keep getting better. I think some of that has to do with the Avatar preview. People wanting to see um, the Avatar yeah. preview in 3D. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but uh, but yeah, no, it looked like a movie that I I almost went. Oh man, I should have I should have gone to a 3D screening on this because it looks like it has a lot of really yeah. cool, interesting things. Um, so yeah, yeah. But the best, I mean, the best aspect of it. And which I I tweeted about is Elizabeth Olsen as as Wanda. Um, she is fantastic. Uh, I know she got a lot of flack in the past for her accent. It's changed a couple of different times. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, the the suit is great. Uh, she made like her choices and decisions to tell them that she didn't have to be over sexualized. Really works with her character mm-hmm. um, because she looks great regardless and is. Like the, I mean, just the her in that horror mode of, you know, she looks, she's like a uh, a monster in a in a movie chasing mm-hmm. people around, um, and her being able to go do what she does is, yeah. it was great. Yeah. She is a Scarlet Witch, and witches are scary. <laughs> I think she's great as well. Um, yeah. I th- I love Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange. That's in my positive column. I think he he plays the role really really well. I think the, he, at least whoever's you know writing directing putting him in really understands how that character works uh in my opinion at least with what i know about it. i'm not a comics person i just mean in the movies um so i did i did like that always love seeing rachel mcadams around um you know so that's that's always going to be fun uh i am i should have done some more research i don't know if either of you have i don't know how to pronounce america the 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 act uh actor who plays uh, america chavez i don't know how to pronounce their name so I don't either. Um, so I apologize for that, but I thought she was great. I really enjoyed that America Chavez character. Um, so for me, if I'm looking at positives, I'm looking at the performances. I'm looking at some of the banter. There's the you know there's some mm-hmm. of that uh, great Marvel stuff. Um, and and beyond that, the visuals were stunning. Just like I really liked the way. They kind of interpreted kind of her power in the the separating of like this the star portals in the different multiverse. I loved that kind of stuff. I thought that stuff was really gorgeous. And then there is a there is a montage of multiverse travel that I thought was was really inventive and and fun as well. So um, so those are some of my positives. Uh, Andrew, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to echo some of the things that you guys said. I really enjoyed the visuals of it. 
Uh, I mean, Sam Raimi, obviously, he just knows how to make a visually stunning movie. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that it doesn't work all the time, I'll say that. And it's, actually, sometimes it's a downfall for the movie for me. Um, this movie goes for it. It knows what it wants to try and do, and it commits to it. And I really, really appreciate it for that because there are sometimes where I, I'm watching this and I'm like, ah, I, I don't know why you're. Yeah, I, I get that you know you you know you do you've done Evil Dead you know, and mm. there's horror elements to it, and sometimes they work and sometimes like very very effective, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm, ah, it just it throws me off. But like you said, the visuals. Mm. So good. Some of the best visuals the uh, MCU has ever done are in this movie, which you can expect from not only, you know, a, a Doctor Strange movie, but a Doctor Strange movie that calls itself in the multiverse of madness. So you get mm-hmm. to see some pretty psychedelic, crazy visuals on the screen. And it's yep. it's great. Um, I, I'm going to kind of disagree with you on the America Chavez character. Uh, I think the performance is really good. I'm just... It's another instance of a character being turned into a plot device and Hmm. not having much to do on their own. Like, stuff is set up, but it's never paid off. Yeah, it's... Boy, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Marvel always has a little bit of that, but it's more now than ever... I think because they're setting up so much stuff. Like, it's it's clear to me there's going to be a TV show with America Chavez. Like, it's clear to me that there will be some sort of, you know, is, is I, listen, I don't know the comic books. I just know there are several, like, kid superpower things popping up in different places, and she's one of them. Like, is yeah. that, like, Young Avengers? Is she a part of the Young Avengers? Like, I don't know any of that stuff, but, like... Oh. It just, it wouldn't surprise me if you put like, you know, her and then Miss Marvel and then like, you know, all these kind of, I think t- Tony Stark had a, uh, you know, a kid that has been introduced and may, you know, Ironheart. Kind of t- yeah, Ironheart. Yeah, all that stuff that I don't really know a ton about. It just feels like they're prepping for something. But because of that, there is one of those, there's more of that in the movies now where it's like, oh, you're not resolving stuff. And it's because, well, we'll do that when we get around to it. Like we, we yeah. you know, there's we'll have that story because she does have a story. She does have like a like an origin and a, like a motivation, and she has all those things. But you're right; it doesn't really. It's not about her uh, finding resolution for her specific things. Um, it's really more about Wanda and uh, and Strange. Um, and if so. I'm not mistaken, I believe America's character in the comics. I feel like she's relatively new, like within the last. Like oh, decade okay. and a half. Yeah, she hasn't been around for a super long time. Okay. So maybe it's like, since she is a little newer and doesn't have as much of a backstory, they can kind of do their own thing, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I want to, I kind of want to um, kind of wade into something that Andrew touched on, which is tone disparity. Um, I I came away from this with very very similar feelings to what I had with the Eternals. And I'll explain uh, what I mean by that. It felt like there was just, Marvel is doing this new thing, and many people have asked for them to do it, have called for them. Let unique directors put their stamp on your movies, right? Let Chloe Zhao make a Chloe Zhao Marvel movie. Let Sam Raimi make a Sam Raimi Marvel movie. 
I think that's fine. I get why people want that. I'm just wondering if we're going to look back and go, you know what? They knew the formula. Find directors that play into the formula because there's something yeah. that happens when this becomes an Evil Dead movie, it, which it yeah. does. It yeah. becomes an Evil Dead movie where you go, is that what I came to see? Like, there's just something that clicks in the brain where it's like, this doesn't feel like it's necessarily in the same universe anymore as all these other, you know, uh, consistent. I would say consistent. Others would say maybe bland. You know, like the, there's like a blanding together of everything. So I get like the tug and pull of creativity, but I do wonder if for me, I just like the formula. Just give me the formula. You know, give me uh, the, the version of this movie that isn't Evil Dead. Uh, give me the version of this movie that feels more like the original Doctor Strange or the other, you know, movies that I know. And I don't know. It's it's an interesting era for Marvel where I feel like they can kind of stretch their legs a little bit and go, okay, we, we kind of own the space. So let's let directors put their stamp on stuff. I just wonder how that's going to work with the greater audience long term. Because I guarantee you there are people who are coming away from this going, that was that was a horror movie. I don't go to Marvel movies to see horror movies. You know, like that, that are that are or or taking their kids to it and going, that was a little much for my kid. You know what I mean? Like I guarantee you there are a lot of people having that experience. And I wonder long term how that impacts uh you know their their commercial success or their viability um but uh that doesn't make it bad it just means i have those disconnects um tone wise when i watch something like that um is that kind of what you were talking about andrew a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well because sometimes it i don't mind it being a horror movie i got to say that it's where it became Sam Raimi does this weird thing where his horror films always have a, a splash of comedy like to kind of horror. lighten mm-hmm. the horror yes. element. Yeah. And it felt tonally wrong compared to the elements of the movie that were trying to be real mm-hmm. horror, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Where slapsticky is not the right word, but it's really close, mm-hmm. you know? And. Yeah. I'll just say this. Uh, there's a sequence in this movie which is supposed to be like the big like uh, moment of the movie where we're introduced to a uh, a jury. I'll just call them that. Mm-hmm. If you if you uh, if, if you've seen the movie, comics, you know exactly you know who, what we're talking about. There's no need to say that. Exactly. You know. yeah. yeah. If you know, you know. That's supposed to be you know the big moment of the movie. I hated that sequence. I hated everything about it. I hated, hated everything it. about it, Andrew. I can't believe we had the same experience. It's crazy because we we meet one of my favorite Marvel characters, and I got really excited. And I can't wait till we talk about spoilers to where I get to break down why I hated it so yeah. much. Yeah, that's really interesting that we had the same visceral reaction. I really yeah. came away from that entire section just going, no, no. That's not no. Yeah. Don't ever do that again. No. Yeah. Um. And and I and I can't wait to talk about it's it. It's not as well. tonally. Tonally is not why I hate no. it. It's no. It's the that. it's how characters are used that I mm-hmm. despise that sequence. And I think it's a result of this new era of Marvel storytelling. I think it is. There are there are pieces, and we'll go more to it uh, in spoilers. But there are pieces of what they are doing now that are going to necessarily have consequences 
for stuff like that that I don't I just don't think I'm going to like it. I just don't think I'm going to enjoy it. Um yeah. So Dom, I'm curious uh your experience with the scene. Um Yeah, it was it was uh what's the word? I want to say underwhelming is the best word I can think of. Um and kind of it just shouldn't have happened the way that it happened. It they there's a lot of things they could have done and that wasn't the way they should have done it. Um, especially for the the length of time that it happened. Uh, and to your point earlier, I literally, my uncle this morning said, oh, I saw Dr. Strange last night. And he was like, it was all right. Like he said, um, who was the guys that did the end game? I was like, oh, the Rooster Brothers. Yeah, they should have done that. They should have done all these <laughs> movies. And I said, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, some further exploration of that will, will definitely happen in spoilers, but we're not going to mess that up for you if you haven't seen it. Um, any other thoughts, uh, general thoughts that we can talk about? I, I, it's interesting sometimes with these Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, those kind of things, our actual review is a little bit shorter than usual, which many people wouldn't think because the, uh, the spoiler section is the longer section. Um, but um, I think that's really compounded by the amount of stuff that happens mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, get ready for that, like, uh, like a, a fifteen-minute regular cast and then a two-hour-long spoiler <laughs> talk. <laughs> don't, don't promise two. I ain't got two hours, but we'll we'll, we'll uh, definitely get into it. What were you saying, Dom? Oh, I did love um, Danny Elfman's score. I really, I, I, I so every sure. once in a while, I, I'll look him up on uh, iTunes and just listen to the things he's done, and that score is really good. Uh, it, it really went well with um, a lot of the, uh, every scene. It was, it was almost a character in itself because there's one his, scene where it is. Yeah, I mean, because his, his uh, scores are so elevated that it was just like. You know what? He Danny Elfman is definitely here in every scene, standing in the corner, like, "Yep, you're over there. I'm over here doing my thing." Yeah. Uh, my final thought, besides you know, two post credit scenes, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, is the fact that this movie commits to something that I've I've seen in like other. It's so hard to talk about because it could mm-hmm. just open up a whole branch of spoilers. But it commits to something that you see in 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 something like a civil war, you know, where you're like, you know, yeah, we we get that this is what the movie's going to be about, but at the end, something's going to happen. And this mm-hmm. movie commits to like an element that I'm like, oh wow, I actually really appreciate you, for, or I really appreciate this movie for doing that. It's actually the highlight of the movie for me. Okay, well, I'm we, being as I general know. as possible, we, we, and most people are like, "Why is he just saying random words?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, overall, I would say this: uh, you're never—I shouldn't say never—you're very rarely going to hear me say, "Don't see a Marvel movie." Like, it's just the the sto- type of storytelling they're doing is so expansive; it's so fun. It's a recommendation. Go see this movie. It's you're gonna have there are ways you're gonna have fun with it. Just know you're going to see a Sam Raimi movie uh, as much as you are going to see a Marvel movie, and it may feel a little bit different to you. And not um, a Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. No. Correct. We're talking uh, From correct. Hell. We're talking. Yeah, we're talking Evil more, Dead. Yeah, we're talking Evil Dead. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so know that. I think for the most part, I could be wrong, Andrew. For the most part, the things we hated about the scene. Many people will love. I really believe that. I think many people will love. Hundred percent. 
what's going on there. Um, so don't let that scare you away. Uh, have a good time. Um, you know, Marvel's still doing great work. So uh, we will talk more in the Sift Spoil for sure, which should be in your podcast feed uh, following this episode. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into it. Uh, we are going to now update the MCU Sift Sort. Uh, this is about as 12 Angry Men as we get uh, on the podcast. There's a lot of debating uh, to happen. This is how this will work when you are updating a Sift Sort list. We start with the existing list, which I have pulled up in front of me. Uh, and I believe I sent a link to you guys of that existing list that you can look at. Um, we will look at that list. We will each take turns saying, I want to adjust something from the existing list. And then if the other two agree, then we can make an adjustment. Uh, if it is not unanimous, no adjustment will be made and it will stay the same. Then we will add the movies that are not on that list yet. I believe there are nine movies to add and we will go one at a time and put them uh, in the list uh, for agreement. So pulling it up, the current MCU Sift sort goes like this from number one to number 19. Again, there are nine movies missing. Infinity War at number one. The Original Avengers, 2012 at number two. Guardians of the Galaxy at number three. Iron Man at number four. Black Panther at number five. Thor Ragnarok at number six. Uh, Civil War at 7, First Avenger at 8, Winter Soldier at 9, nice little Captain America run there. Uh, Doctor Strange at 10, Homecoming at 11, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at 12, Ultron at 13, Ant-Man at 14, Thor at 15, Iron Man 2 at 16, Incredible Hulk at 17, Iron Man 3 at 18, and Thor The Dark World at 19. Dom, you are the guest. Do you have a suggestion for any changes in the existing 19 that seem very wrong to you? <laughs> um, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty close to what I would, uh, would do. I think if anything, and it's a little bit of a bias, but I'd probably have black Panther at number three. Moving but, black Panther uh, up. Andrew, how do you feel about moving black Panther up? Let's see, that means it would beat out Guardians and Iron Man. Uh, I mean, uh, I wouldn't, but if I'm outvoted, I'll go for it. Which of the two would you feel more comfortable putting Black Panther ahead of, Iron Man or Guardians? Iron Man, probably. Okay. So you yeah. want Guardians stuck at number three, and maybe we swap Black Panther and Iron Man? Yeah, Okay. Yeah, I think that works. All right. I do. Let's do that. Uh, unanimous decision. We'll move Black Panther to number four and Iron Man to number five. Everybody agree? Yeah. yeah. All right. Andrew, do you have any suggestions on the existing list? Uh, there is part of me that wonders if this is even interesting to listen to. <laughs> like, every time we do not this, I'm like, do, do people enjoy this? Uh, because if not, we don't have to do these sift sorts. But I literally have had people be like, oh, I miss the sift sorts. You guys should do those more. And so I'm like, all right, you know, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll do these. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I'm fine with this list. Yeah, I think now. so, too. Like, here's the thing. when I mean, You we... and I have gone back and forth on this right. list. So, right. me... <laughs> so this is more of a Dom, you know. Correct. That's exactly getting it. His... Like, yeah. I would love to hear more Dom thoughts. Like, if there are other things that look like they're a little bit out of sorts to you. Like, when you look at this list and you're like, why do they have that so low? Or why do they have that so high? Is there anything? 
else no, on I the mean, list. I, I'm pretty sure I would it would be the same. I mean, Thor the Dark World is in the perfect spot. I just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then, like, I think uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier, it depends on the day. They could be mm-hmm. swapped. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it looks good. It looks All like right. a good list. All right. So this is where we're going to stand with the existing um, list. Uh, I, you know, for me, like, I look through here. I think I, I like Ant-Man more than where it's ranked, but it's fine because I know, you know, we've been through this. Um, the, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of the first Avenger, but I totally get why it's at at number eight. In fact, I think that's higher than most people would have it. So I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I think this, this list looks really good to me. Um, so that means it's time to add, uh, Andrew, pick a movie that's not on there that you want to add to the list. Shang-Chi. All right. Let's start with Shang-Chi. Um, where do you want to start the discussion for Shang-Chi? If I were to place it on my list, I, uh, on this list, me personally, I would put it right up in front of First Avenger. Okay. Uh, like better than First Avenger? So like number yeah, seven? Yeah, better than First Avenger. Or I guess it makes it number eight and then moves the First Avenger down to number nine. How does that feel yeah. to you, Dom? What did you feel about Shang-Chi? I liked it, I, but I don't. I think it's a good spot because it didn't, it didn't make me initially, like I immediately want to rewatch it. But I really liked it, you know, so I think in the eight to nine areas is a good spot. I think that's a little high for me. I really like Shang-Chi. Um, I think that's about right. I think maybe I I, I just talked about how much I love 10 or 11 ish. Yeah, I've either let's 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 land it either between First Avenger and Winter Soldier or between Winter Soldier and Doctor Strange, either just above Doctor Strange or just above the Winter Soldier. What do you guys think? Maybe it's just because I forgot that we had First Avenger so high. Now that I'm looking at the list, I'm like, well, I like Doctor Strange more, and I like, <laughs> I think I even like Spider Man uh, Homecoming more. So okay. I would probably even, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Uh, yeah, so maybe closer to ten somewhere in we can there. put it. So, we can put yeah. it right. We can put it right with Homecoming. We can put you know Doctor Strange above it. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Dom? Uh, Shang-Chi good... below Doctor Strange and above Spider-Man Homecoming on the list. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good spot. All right. I think because Doctor Strange and Shang-Chi are like a origin story. Or not origin stories, I guess, for Shang-Chi. Cause... But you know what I, I mean. Kind like, of it's is, an origin yeah. movie for us. Like we're being introduced to a new character. And uh, right. the, um, the wire work and everything, it's, just, it's a beautiful movie. And then, mm-hmm. of course, at the very end, we get a... Marvel CGI fight. Yep. Um, All right. So there we go. We're landing Shang-Chi at number 11 uh, between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming. Dom, uh, name a movie to put on the list that isn't there. Um, Eternals. All right. The Eternals. And where do you want to start the conversation? Uh, You know what? Probably right ahead of Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. All right. So at 14 was where that would be. Um, right ahead of Age of Ultron, right behind Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, that feels maybe even a little high for me. Andrew, what are you thinking? <laughs> no, I was honestly, I was thinking in between Iron Man 3 and Hulk. So way down there. So do you like it more than us, Dom? Do you, do you, do you like the Eternals? Is that why you would have it there? Um, or? 
I don't. It was. It was. I think it was just. It was interesting to me. It was uh, completely different, and I kind of liked that um, ethereal feel to it. Um, but again, it is one that I don't race back to rewatch. So um, it it could move down a spot. How do we feel about having it right below Ant Man and right above Thor? Do you feel okay about that, Andrew? I like Thor more, but yeah. I'll, All right, no, I'm let's okay let's well, that. let's. I'm I'm also okay moving it below Thor. I'm okay with it being above Iron Man two and below Thor. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. seventeen. Yeah. Does that work? Seventeen work for everybody. Yeah. All right. You uh, know what? I'm, and I'm glad you guys have Age of Ultron higher than some of the other ones because I get a lot of flack for liking that movie. I really it's not love bad. It. It's not <laughs> bad. I love Age of Ultron. It's not bad. I don't understand why people have it at the bottom of their list. It's really not bad. No, I'm with Dom. It's if on my personal list, it's it's up there. So. Um. All right. So my turn to pick one to add. So let's just let's just um. Let's go with uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. That's the second one, right? Not No but, Way Home. Or No Way Home. Sorry, Spider-Man: No Way Home is what I meant. Um, although, do we have is Far From Home on here? I don't no. think it is. So let's start with Far From Home. Let's do the let's okay. let's do the two Spider-Man movies. Uh, and I will say I really dig that movie. Probably about almost the same as Homecoming. So I would probably start us maybe right above, right under Homecoming. That's that's probably yeah. where I'd start us. I like Homecoming more, but they're really really close. So above Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, right below Homecoming, is uh, where I would put it. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, he has a good spot. Oh, okay, well there you go. Lock in Spider Man Far From Home at number thirteen currently. Um, all right, Andrew, what's next? Let's rip the Band-Aid off, shall we? Okay. End game. Yeah, this, this is going to be a fun one. And where do you want to start I would, it? I I personally would put it on where we have everything right now, right above Black Panther. So you would have Endgame uh, at number four, and that would move Black Panther back to number five. Okay. Um, Dom, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, End, Endgame is almost cheating. Like, it's yeah, like it is. It's a cheat code, <laughs> definitely. Culmination of yeah. everything, but... Yeah, I mean, you got to put it somewhere in the top like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine with it at number four. I know many people will have it number one, um, and I understand that. We are in Andrew and I are in agreement that Infinity War is the best Avengers movie. Yeah, um, yeah. it's probably it's the best Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I don't mind if it even goes above Guardians if we want to put it that high. I think I like Infinity War and the Avengers at one and two. Um, you know, it just it depends on you. I I I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's an incredible movie. I have I'm really glad we have it at number three. Um, so yeah, I'm actually fine with the end game at four and then Black Panther at five. Um, I'd even be this fine is going with Bla- so much better. Than I'd, I thought I'd, it was be, go. I'd even be fine with Black Panther at four and end game at five. I really would. And end game yeah, just okay. in the top five. Um, Dom, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's 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 good. That works. I love that. I love that we have Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther above Endgame. I know a lot of people <laughs> wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but um, but that works definitely for me. So, uh, all right, that is Endgame. Um, Dom, what's the next one we're going to add? I think we've uh, got uh, six left. Captain Marvel. All right. 
<laughs> no, big, no, it's crazy. It's just sigh like, from Andrew. <laughs> no, it was a sigh because like I think we're going to upset some people. With of course we are. Of course we are. This. Dom, where do you want to start the discussion? Ooh. <laughs> I, man, I'd say around. Oh man, Iron Man two. Okay, around the twenty mark. Yeah. Above Iron Man two or below it? Um, I, that's a good question. I go below it. All right, so that would be twenty-one of the current ones above, just above the Incredible Hulk, and just below Iron Man two. Dom puts Captain Marvel pretty low on the list. I think I'm gonna uh, suggest we move it a little higher. How do you feel, Andrew? I would put it personally right in front of Ant Man on this list. Hmm. Okay. I definitely want it in front of Eternals. I definitely think it's a better. I <laughs> yeah, think it's a better movie than Eternals. Hundred percent. That's true. I. Uh, yeah. I. I like it either right, either right above Eternals or right above Thor. I think. Um, how do you, how do you feel about right above Thor, or right after Ant Man? Okay. Does that yeah, work? Does that work for everybody? Yeah. So yeah. to be like Ant Man, Captain Marvel, Thor, Eternals, that feels doable <clears throat> for for all of us. I think. Yeah. Um, all right. So Captain Marvel locked in at number eighteen on the current list. Uh, very nice. All right, now uh, we will do Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think I will start it, hmm, I think I'm going to start it right above Civil War. That's where I'm going to start the discussion. So right around number eight. Um, I really, really like this movie. What do you guys think about it? Is that is that high enough? Is that too high? What are your thoughts? I like that. Personally, um some people would call this the best uh, MCU movie just because of like, it really does it. Um, but I think for me personally, what we have at the, uh, like the top, like five ish area, mm-hmm. like um, I would consider, you know, like hit me personally, you know, like I'm like, Oh, these are personally like some of mm-hmm. my favorite movies. So I think right below Thor Ragnarok, it sounds great. Dom, what do you think? Should we move it above Thor Ragnarok? Does anybody think it should be above Thor Ragnarok? Nah. No. I okay. think that, yeah, Taika's, Taika's touch on Ragnarok is too good. Yeah. Okay. Is it, okay, in, this might be, you know, kind of <laughs> confrontational, possibly. <laughs> Does No Way Home rely too much on that third act of being I, that's fair. spectacular? Yeah, that's fair. Because right. I think so, you I want think, it lower. You want it below, like uh, no, Civil War. No, oh, okay. No, no, no. because oh. that third act is so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I, I. I really love everything about this movie. It's just when it comes to the MCU, you're you're judging. You know, various mm-hmm. versions of platinum at that point. <laughs> um. All right. So. Spider-Man No Way Home at number eight on the current list, just below Thor Ragnarok, just above Civil War. Uh, everybody feel good about that? Lock that in? Yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew, what are we adding next? I think we've got four movies left. Uh, just because I can't think of what we don't have, I'll go with a Multiverse of Madness. Okay. We can do that now. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, where do you want to start the discussion? Right above Eternals. I, Dom, what do you think? Uh, what what number is Eternals at right now? Eternals 20? is 21 right now. Uh, if Doctor Strange is above it, it would be 22. 
Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness would be below Thor, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, Ultron, Guardians 2. That, yep. you know, it would be below all of those. How do you feel Pretty about that? Pretty much above Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 3, and... I'll just say I think that's a little low. I may move it. I may uh, want to move it up a couple slots. But how are you feeling, Dom? I'd, I'd probably have it somewhere around Thor. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to? So my my list isn't updating as we as we. Mine is either. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of. So like, uh, what is what's around Thor? Like on either side of Thor. So it goes from Ultron at 17 currently. It goes okay. to Ant Man at eighteen, Marvel at nineteen, Thor at twenty, Eternals at twenty one. I could be convinced to put it right in front of Thor, but but no higher than that. Per, yeah, uh, give, okay. give me a good reason. Uh, I don't know. I think there's <clears throat> it's so fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard that part. <laughs> that, that's the hard part for me. Um, but no, I like it here. I I, I might. Down the road, if we do this again, we might be like, you know, let's move it above Captain Marvel or something like that. But I, I don't know. Twenty. I, this. I didn't like the movie. I mean, I, it was okay, you know. And Thor was also yeah. okay, and Captain Marvel was also okay. So it's it's like you know, right right in that range. Um, yeah. You know, I like it there. I like it there personally. Okay. If everybody's what, okay with it. Yeah. What are the three movies that we're missing? We are missing um, the. Let's see, Black Widow, mm. um, and let's see, Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp, and there should be one more, right? Or no, there's 28. No, just those are the only two we're missing. Black Black okay. Widow and Ant Man and the Wasp are the final two. Okay. Um, how I do know we, feel? we probably sh- we probably should have saved Multiverse of Madness for the very end, but I, That's I, what I was thinking, literally but... I, I couldn't think of what we were missing, <laughs> so I was like, uh. So, uh, well, let's let's uh, put it on hold then. Let's let's not make the final decision until we do those other two, and then we'll make the okay. final decision on Multiverse of Madness. Um, so let's just go Black Widow. Okay. Since we just got the two, and whose whose turn was it? It was mine. Um. Okay. Uh, where do you want to start the discussion with Black Widow? Uh, right above Thor: Dark World. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's that's not where it's going to be, but that's it's an interesting place to start. For Black it. Widow. Yeah, you didn't like Black Widow. Not really. Oh, okay. I mean, it's right. okay. <laughs> I mean, the only for me, the only saving grace for that movie was Yelena. So I like a lot about that movie. I think there's a lot of, of fun stuff in that movie. I think that movie's better than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think that movie's no. better than I think that movie's better than Captain Marvel. Actually, no. I don't know, Dom. How do you feel? We've, we've got our it, first real disagreement. <laughs> I, I have it uh, right behind Age of Ultron, or right in front of it, one of the two. So you're even higher than me. That's interesting. You guys would, you guys would rather what? I uh, think Black yeah. Widow's a good movie. I really do. All these movies are good movies. <laughs> you know, some of them are just okay. <laughs> Man, I don't know. So you think uh, you, you think you think Eternals is better than Black Widow? You know, as soon as you said that, that's what that's the first uh, thing. Like, do I like? But Eternals is just so long. It's so long. <laughs> like thinking of watching Eternals for me seems like homework. 
It really okay. does. Here's, here's the question. Dom and I like it more than you. It doesn't have to be all the way up where we think it should be. But, like, where? what's your limit? Like, you know, what what is the point where you're like, no, I will not put my name on a list that has Black Widow that high? I don't like it in front of Thor. Okay. So just ahead of the Eternals is about as high as you're willing to go. You say that like it like I'm putting my foot down. I'm just like this is like <laughs> no. You wanted I would it. Be, you wanted it second to last. So I like, did no, want I it totally, a second to last. Yeah. So um, like I totally get it. I no. That's what yeah. no. I, that's why we do this. That's why I asked the question. You know. I would. You can. Okay. I would be really upset if we put it above Age of Ultron. Oh no. That I don't think that's. I don't think that's on the table. Uh. It's funny because once we get down to a certain level of Marvel movies, I become apathetic to where it ends <laughs> up on the list. I'm like, ah, yeah, fine. So yeah, let's, if it's around Thor and the Eternals, I'm okay with that. Let's let's put it. Let's put it. Can we put it right above Multiverse of Madness? Wherever that ends up. That's tw- <laughs> That would be twenty on the current list. So it would go Black Widow, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Eternals. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. Black Widow in at number 20, despite the fact that uh, Andrew wants it at number 27. <laughs> uh, it's such a forgettable movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I understand. I understand. You know why it's such a forgettable movie? Because I forgot that it was one of the Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, and finally, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh what do we think of that one? I think, uh, Dom, it's your turn to start the conversation. Where would you put uh, that? I honestly don't know because I I remember nothing of this movie besides the end or okay. the end credit scene, really. Um, but I mean, I know, I know, I enjoyed Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like. I think Ant Man is better. Um, mm, interesting. So. I'm going to say somewhere after Thor. Okay. I have Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp pretty much dead even. I, I like them both quite a bit. Um, I, I I don't know that I could tell you which one I like more. Um, so for me, obviously, you know, my starting point is where Ant-Man is and then just going from how you guys feel about the comparison. Andrew, what about you? I like Ant-Man and the Wasp more than the first Ant-Man movie. Okay. Um, maybe it's just because I think that we have Age of Ultron really, really low on this list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, here's my issue with the Ant-Man franchise, is that every single other, I think, Marvel franchise really tries to make the uh, the the powers and the abilities kind of, you know, make sense. Mm-hmm. And there's a scientific you know, afterthought to Ant-Man and like how the shrinking and everything works Mm -hmm. because it's not, the rules aren't consistent. Like sometimes they're like, yeah, you shrink down, but you carry the same weight and stuff like that. But then at the same time, they have tanks on keychains and like he can run across people's hands and stuff like that. I'm like, commit whatever. I think that a lot of the MCU really does try to commit to whatever rules it sets in place. You know, but I think with the Ant-Man, the Pym particle, they're just kind of like, ah, whatever we need it to be, like, right now works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, that's well, my only issue with it. I don't know. So, I guess, 
I, I mean, put, I'm personally <clears throat> fine with putting it right above Ant-Man, but Dom doesn't like it as much as we do. So I'm just wondering, Dom, like where where you think it should, like what's the highest you're comfortable with it being? Uh, Right after Ant-Man. Right after Ant-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, are you okay landing there, Andrew, where that we works. have them right yeah. together, but uh, Ant-Man is first and then Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. is second? We're in my affable zone, so yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, there you go. There's all 28 movies. Uh, Doctor Strange, we will wow. finish with reassessing where we put the Multiverse of Madness. Um, since we just saw it, it is currently at 22 between Black Widow just above it and Thor just below it. Do we want to move it down or up? Works for me. Dom, yeah, how do you feel it. about it at 22? I'd, I'd leave it there for now. Okay. Well, there you go. Lock it in. Here is the new MCU SIF sort. Number one, Avengers Infinity War. Number two, The Avengers. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four, Black Panther. Number five, Endgame. Number six, Iron Man. Number seven, Thor Ragnarok. Number eight, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number nine, Civil War. Number 10, The First Avenger. Number 11, The Winter Soldier. Number 12, Doctor Strange. Number 13, Shang-Chi. Number 14, Homecoming. Number 15, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 16, Guardians 2. Number 17, Age of Ultron. Number 18, Ant-Man. Number 19, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 20, Captain Marvel. Number 21, Black Widow. Number 22, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Number 23, Thor. 24, Eternals. 25, Iron Man 2. 26, The Incredible Hulk. 27, Iron Man 3. And 28, Poor Thor the Dark World. So there you go. All 28 official MCU Sift Sword from Sift Pop. Well done, guys. Nobody Woo. nobody got hurt. Everybody's okay. <laughs> Our biggest yeah. disagreement was probably Black Widow, um, but we all survived it. We all made it through. Congratulations to all. Uh, all right. Before we head into our best ever challenge for the week... A reminder that you can be a Sif Pop member at Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Sif Pop, check out all the stuff there. If you're interested, it starts at $3 uh, every month, and there are different perks for different uh, levels. One of the levels is your own dedicated podcast feed with no ads and bonus episodes almost every week. Uh, the bonus episode for this week, we actually did... Uh, ranking of the MCU TV shows on Disney Plus. So if you want to know where we rank uh, all those shows in relation to each other, those six shows, uh, you can check out the members only uh, pre-show, which uh, we give to our members in their own podcast feed at certain levels. So check that out at patreon.com slash siftpop. That's S-I-F-T-P-O-P. And thank you to our current members for all you do to keep us going means the world to us um, that we can do this podcast for you and the website at sipbop.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, into the best ever challenge, best ever Benedict Cumberbatch movies. Uh, we'll go number five to number one. Of course, you can trump if you have it higher than someone else. Um, I'll kick us off with my number five. Very recent number five for me. This is where I have the power of the dog uh, in at number five for me. Really enjoyed this movie. think he's incredible in it. Um, I think it is a beautiful tone poem that also has the added benefit of having a nice little twist rewatchability factor to it as well uh, that I really enjoy. Um, layered very, very interestingly. I have the power of dog in at number five. Uh, Dom, why good. don't you go next? What do you got at number five? I have... The very recent uh, Multiverse of Madness. (laughs) There you go. Um, And I realized, too, making this list that his his catalog is very extensive, Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen as many as I thought I had. But um, so my number one's kind of a cheat, probably. But yeah, (laughs) Multiverse of Madness, uh, (laughs) it speaks for itself for why uh, it belongs there. And he... Is the quintessential uh, Doctor Strange? So nice. Yeah. There you go, uh, Andrew. What do you got at number five? Uh, I will say that I did limit myself to only one MCU movie. Oh on yeah, my I list. didn't mention that. I did ask us to limit ourselves to one MCU movie uh, on the list, just for variety's sake. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Andrew, what is uh, your number five? It might get trumped. The Imitation Game. Yes, I will be trumping that one. Uh, on to our number fours. Uh, I have 12 Years a Slave. Oh, uh, Trump. Uh, okay, uh, Andrew trumping that one. Dom, what do you have at number four? Uh, the Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Oh, okay. I haven't uh, seen this one. It's very recent, um, and it shows some of his more of his range. Uh, Definitely. I've heard of recent recent conversations about uh denzel not having enough range um and that's a whole other conversation but <laughs> <laughs> we, i have a feeling uh, uh, dom has 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 opinions dom has yeah, thoughts on yeah. this topic yes. <laughs> but no louis wayne is a really good movie he's a kind of eccentric uh whimsical uh lover uh in a sense in a, in a beautiful mind um, the movie moves really well, uh, and he—you get to see, we've seen him in these serious roles. We've seen him become angry, and now he, we see him in this kind of, um, like I said, beautiful mind type of realm. Uh, it's, it's really, really well done, um, and it's on Amazon Prime right now. So yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen this. Uh, I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did, but it's it's definitely worth a watch. His performance in it is astonishing it's i've never seen him do a performance like this so uh he's he's really kind of stretching uh this year um so yeah electrical life is is worth a watch i think so good choice um all right so andrew i think we're to your number four is that correct uh did you do yours Uh, mine got trumped it was 12 years a slave okay uh i'm gonna go with mowgli legend of the jungle nice yeah i I had that in uh my honorable mentions for sure yeah um, well, we had two Jungle Book movies that came out, like, mm-hmm. right at the same time. The Andy Circus one, which is what Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. is in, and then the actual Disney one. Um, I liked the Mowgli, the Andy Circus one, way more than I liked the, uh, the Disney one. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot more 
I say adult themed just because like there's a lot more violence and like mm-hmm. darkness. It's a very dark and like almost kind of realistic in yeah. some ways. Uh, he is amazing as Shere Khan. Uh, it's it, it, he his voice work that he does in his movies, and we might get into that later in some other people's lists. Uh, his he 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 has the, the perfect voice acting. Like mm-hmm. he can do an amazing villain. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really really. It might be my second favorite uh, uh, adaptation of a Jungle Book. Yeah, I like it too. I think it's really good. Um, good choice, good choice, good choice. Uh, all right, on to our number threes. This is where I have Imitation Game. Okay. Um, and Andrew, I think you had it on your list at five? Five. So it was Andrew's five. My number three, um, I love this story. It was a story I'd never heard. Uh, you know, I it's based on a true story. Um, I love that it's so, like, early computer stuff is always interesting to me and you know, calculating machines and how they were using it to break codes and just some really interesting plot stuff as well as some great performances. Um, I really enjoy the imi- imitation game. Uh, Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, it's one worth watching. The uh, the fact that, you know, it's it's the true story of Alan, Tur- uh, Alan Turing, mm-hmm. who, uh, and you would think that the main a- aspect of this movie would be, you know, about the code breaking and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it is. But also you have the, <clears throat> this... Uh, Secondary plot of his uh, closeted uh, homosexuality, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, well, it, closeted for the simple fact that it's illegal. It, right. it was illegal in Britain, right. you know, yeah. and uh, for them to villainize someone who literally saved the country, mm-hmm. it's it's a very powerful story. I, I really, really enjoyed it, and I think this is where he got his first Oscar nomination. I. Th- think i'm probably wrong i i don't remember but um but he i certainly think he he could have been in that conversation for sure because it was, was a great nominated performance. and i think this was the first time yeah cool very so. nice uh all right so i think that's on to dom your number three i have the courier oh okay i yeah this it's so interesting because he has had so many back-to-back like movies, because this was also last year, I think, too, or at least within the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it got kind of overshadowed because it was like right going into the summer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. But it, based on a true story, another one, um, and he's a businessman who gets caught in a situation where he has to become a spy and, it, you know, revolves around the Cuban Missile Crisis. And he mm. um, went full, you know, uh, it, was, it was a very dark movie. I know at some point he had to lose a ton of weight because he becomes imprisoned um, for months and months. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's a really in, gripping edge of seat type of uh, movie. And initially it, you wouldn't think that we, the trailer undersold the movie, which probably was to its benefit. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Very nice. Uh, the courier big recommend in at number uh, three for Dom. Uh, Andrew, you're number three. 1917. Trumping that one, but we can go ahead and talk about it since it's my number two. Um, okay. Unless Dom, unless Dom wants to trump me at number two. With no, no. Oh, okay. 
boy, oh boy, is this movie technically amazing. Um, it's yeah. just I could watch this movie over and over again and just be in awe of the filmmaking in it. I and, have. <laughs> and that's not to say it's not a compelling story, too. It is absolutely a compelling uh, event and story. And I just think this is done extremely well. And man, do I love 1917. So, yeah. Yeah. I had it in it. The, too. It's, it's the, uh, yeah, the technical achievement of the way some of these shots are done like i think the the big one that stands out for me uh is the uh the journey through no man's land at the very beginning mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah. then you have there are so many set pieces and it's crazy because you know a movie that does play like it is a single shot you know mm-hmm. you have the burning city you know at night and you just some of these set pieces you're like this is just beautiful like you find you can find beauty in this horror mm-hmm. and the uh, the scene where he uh he jumps at the very end where he jumps over the uh the sand wall and he's just running you know and like that's he's trying to beat the clock but you know he's too late almost and mm-hmm. troops are going yeah. it's like you start crying because it's just so powerful yeah yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, definitely recommend. Dom, did you have thoughts on 1917? Oh, uh, that was one of my favorite movies of that year. Yeah. It was so good. And then I remember seeing it a second time, and it was even better. Like, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So I think that brings us to your number two, Dom. What is it? So I realized I should have trumped your number five because my number two is The Power of the Dog. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's fine. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed him playing, you know, kind of an evil character, essentially. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of, I can't, I, I think he has like certain themes that he really is drawn to because, you know, the um, hidden homosexual nature that, of his character mm-hmm. that wanted to really explode but he in that time you know you can't be that guy especially mm-hmm. you know with the roughnecks and i gotta be the leader of men and mm-hmm. um but no just him this that 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 one scene in the kitchen or in the uh the dining area when you know uh cody's character is bringing over like the flowers and he's messing with it and trying you know it's any window and he yeah. just kind of got that feel of like this is an evil guy and he did so well yeah yeah i give Aaron a lot of flack because he likes this movie more than I did and I and I play it off like I hate this movie which I don't I really like this movie but uh just no, not it's, quite as much just not quite just as not much. quite as much yeah yeah it, it's it is an incre- and it barely missed my list like it was so close to being my number five but he's been in some good stuff yep uh Andrew what is your number two Speaking of good stuff, let's talk about 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to because it's such a rough movie. And, and to, be clear, to be clear, you mean the movie is good stuff because uh, the stuff in the movie is <laughs> terrible stuff. That, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a rough, rough watch, but Chiwetel Ejiofor is like, he, he is amazing. He's been in... Uh, too. Uh, we're talking about him twice because he was in Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's one of it's it's I think it's right up there with like Schindler's List on movies that are like difficult to watch, but like they're so important. Necessary, yeah, yeah, necessary. Um, I just keep coming back to because um, I think this is the first time we as like as a main 
you know, a, a Western audience like get to see Lupita Nyong'o, you know, in a movie, mm-hmm. and she just that scene with her and uh, um, uh, uh, why why can't I remember Magneto's name? Uh, <laughs> Ian Fassbender. <laughs> What's it? Michael Fassbender. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ian McKellen yeah. <laughs> is the one who's yeah. in that movie. Uh, but no, uh, Michael Fassbender is just such a vile character. He is so much like Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List, you know, of like he is the epitome of evil, you know? Yeah. Like he was like crafted in hell and then put on screen. It's, uh, it, it's you know, obviously it's an, uh, an astounding achievement. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Obviously, you know, as a white guy, this is me looking back at history and going like, how could we, you know? Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's an interesting thing too, where, and I had this at, uh, number four. So I had it at number four and you had it at number two. Yeah. Um, it's so important to wrestle with the reality of what this movie shows, right? Yeah. And it's also important, and one of the things that I've been trying to learn in my journey over the last few years, it's also important to wrestle with it in a way that goes, and it has consequences today, right? Like, and it's not it's not just something I can put in the past and go, oh, how terrible that that thing in the past happened because- Good thing is, we're okay now. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. because it directly impacts today and things that are still- you know, inequitable and painful and traumatic and terrible that happen today. And so um, movies like this are important for both of those reasons, I think, both to to help us wrestle with then and also wrestle with now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Dominique, 12 Years a Slave thoughts? I've actually never seen it. <laughs> yeah, It was one of those things where, like, I've seen, I've, I know enough, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh and there's a lot of people uh, like me, my homies of mine, like any kind of slave movie we just avoid because mm-hmm. it's like I get tired of like seeing myself essentially mm-hmm. in these type of roles. Even if it is a triumphant story, you got this whole first half that's going to be, you know, just degradation. And it's like, I don't need to see it no more. It's yeah. more than a half. Yeah. <laughs> see? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. Eh. Like, I, I really I mean, appreciate that perspective, Dom. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it, it's just one of those like, you know, uh, I did like a you know part of a Q and A yesterday with uh, uh, Casey Lemons who directed Harriet, mm-hmm. and her main thing was to make sure that the the slavery part was like within the first like five ten minutes, and then it's like a triumphant hero story because same thing. I'm sure she's like, I don't need to see like you know have everybody see this thing over and over mm-hmm. and over again yeah. um so yeah there is a part of it at some point that can become trauma porn right that it's just like yeah, yeah that it's oh we have to you know live in the pain of it and yeah no yeah, i appreciate yeah. that perspective for sure uh all right on to um our number ones right i think we're on to our number ones yep um so yeah this is where i have my marvel selection uh my number one is infinity war um as we mentioned previously uh, on this podcast uh benedict is in it and it is my favorite marvel movie so it would make sense uh that it ends at number one and i feel like we've talked about marvel a lot already so i don't need to go into depth what (laughs) (laughs) Um, but man, do I, I just, I, it's incredible. The culmination of, uh, infinity war and in game and specifically, uh, what happens in infinity war. So yeah, that's my number one. 
Uh, Andrew, you said it was the same for you. Did you have anything else yeah. you wanted to add? No, we've talked about this movie a trillion times. Okie do. Uh, Dom, what is your number one Benedict Cumberbatch? So I cheated and I, <laughs> I chose Sherlock. I know it's not a movie, but that <laughs> show is so good. It is. I, that was, it was my first introduction that I can remember of Benedict. Yeah. Um, and I remember... Uh, this is when this is when I was like uh, consuming a lot of British television. I was like binging Doctor Who episodes. I was working at a Taekwondo uh, program, and I had one kid named Riley, and she's the one who kind of got me into it. She was like, "I love this guy." And she got me to Doctor Who, and I was like, "Well, she can't be wrong twice." So I was watching Sherlock, and I'm like, "You know what? You're right again. Like this is amazing." And now America loves. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah. Well, BBC shows like this are like what an hour and a half long anyway, so they're pretty much just movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, BBC bringing Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I love Sherlock, uh, and yeah, you cheated, but uh, but I'm (laughs) fine. I totally get it. I'm fine talking about Sherlock. It's an incredible show. Um, It really is. I mean, it's an incredible series of movies. Honestly, (laughs) Um, it's you know, the episodes are a feature length. Um, for the most part, yeah. so yeah, so yeah, check out Sherlock if you haven't yet. It's great stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, honorable mentions. Um, Andrew, why don't you go first? What are some of your honorable mentions? Uh, a couple that I just off the top of my head. There's a movie that he did not too long ago called Brexit. Uh, it's mm. it's pretty it's pretty good. It's like you won't be mad that you watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Des- Desolation of Smaug. Mm-hmm. You know. That's Desolation of Smaug is, I think, the only good uh, Hobbit movie. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's incredible. His voice work for that dragon is just astonishing. Yeah, yeah. And he did one. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Mauritanian. I know you hate that movie. I really do. I know you hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> it's so but, terrible. Uh, it's not. It's really powerful and impactful. I don't know. Maybe that, I need to watch Gu- it again. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad you like it. I'm sure there you're No, the, you the are Guantanamo the Bay stuff is just so like engaging like like okay. oh, wow. Yeah. And he's so, not not Benedict but uh, I forget our, our main uh, protagonist in that movie. Yeah, he's he great. He gets such a he gets yeah, he's such great. an he's amazing great. performance. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Dom, did you have any uh, honorable mentions? Uh, Star Trek, uh, Into the Darkness. Yeah. Um, Enjoy that. I mean, it's Star Trek. I mean, it, the majority of us like it. It's hard not to like it. Fair enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the o- only thing I would mention the Grinch movie. It's actually pretty good. Um, um, I haven't seen that one. Actually. Yeah. He's actually pretty good in that. And then the other one I, I saw that I was like, oh, that was fun. Uh, was Between the Ferns, the movie, um, oh, yeah. or Between Two Ferns, <laughs> the movie. Uh, his, his stuff in there is hilarious, and that movie is is really funny. If you never, I don't remember him in that movie. You don't? Yeah, he no. was he was one of the interviews. He kept messing up his name, pronouncing it a whole bunch yeah. of different <laughs> ways. <laughs> Benedict uh, Cabbage Patch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch that movie. Uh, there you go. Best ever Benedict Cumberbatch. All right, let's finish it up with some buried treasure. Uh, Dom, you're our guest, so you get to go last. Um, I guess I'll kick us off uh, with some buried treasure. Uh, Ozark finished out, uh, had released in two chunks, the final season. And we had, you know, the show, man, uh, I really dig it. I love it. What's that? 
It's right outside our door in the Ozarks. <laughs> That's true. We, yes, we live in the Ozarks. We, we le- if we leave the bunker, we're in the show. That's, that's why right. We don't leave. Yes. That's yeah. That's why we never never walk outside. Yeah. Uh, career defining performance for Laura Linney. I think I think it's just absolute uh, career topping work for her. Jason Bateman is always great, and he's so good in this dramatic role. It introduced several new actors that I'd never heard of before uh, to do incredible work. Um, it is quite soapy, you know, the, like the the plot lines are definitely intricate and over the top. Um, but I buy it, and I have a good time with it, and I really like where it lands uh that may be a controversial opinion if you know how the the show finishes up but it makes a choice and i love it when a show makes a choice um and so i i really did uh dig the series finale so all seasons of ozark are on netflix uh if you want to check it out uh it is complete it is a complete story now so uh, you can do that uh andrew what do you got is it weird that in a in a uh, in a big <coughs> sorry in a big podcast like this mm-hmm. where we're talking about the MCU that I'm I was all week the most excited to talk about my buried treasure. <laughs> well, what is it? Maybe it'll make sense. It's a show called Yellow Jackets. Oh, you finally got around to seeing Yellow Jackets. Finally huh? watched, and I watched it all in one day. Wow! I could not stop watching. It was fascinating yeah. i think that not the way the best way i can describe the show is if stephen king wrote lord of the flies oh okay you know um that's fair it's performances all around um i think christina ricci is like amazing i love christina ricci and juliette mm-hmm. lewis is you know stellar mm-hmm. um my favorite character is misty and by favorite character, I mean, I think it's the most fascinating, not like the one I think sure. is. Because <laughs> Misty has some Patter- issues. We, patterning we your just... life after Misty. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. No. Um, I don't think since Lost, and I know there's going to be some comparisons, you know, about, you know, Plane Crash and, you know, on an mm-hmm. island. But, <clears throat> but what I mean by this is I don't think since Lost, there's been a show where I've been more like enamored with with fan theories you know Mm -hmm. like where could the show possibly go in the future right um watching it for the first time i was really you know immersed in like the past in 1996 and finding out what was going on because obviously that's where all the answers are you Mm -hmm. know but i think whenever the like the last two episodes of the first season like whenever it goes back to modern times i'm like oh so we're gonna get some answers here too and uh, I think I think they did such an amazing job of casting young and uh, older versions of each mm-hmm. character to where I'm like, ah, oh, like you you nailed it. Yeah, it's it, honestly there there are moments where I'm like, this is a terrifying show mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, uh, the man with no eyes is like one of the creepiest things ever. Yeah. Uh, so I've only it's only been a week, but in this week. Every single person I've, I've I've talked to, I'm like, hey, have you seen Yellow Jackets? Have you seen Yellow Jackets? If if I would have known this show existed back when we did our uh, our uh, like uh, when we were doing the Sifties, mm-hmm. it probably would have been in my top like one or two shows. Nice, yeah, yeah. You really loved it. 
I really, really do. Can't wait for season two. Uh, Showtime, right? Yellow Jackets is a Showtime show. Showtime. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Dom, finish this off. What is your buried treasure? So Atlanta season three is here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on FX. It's the, the next day streaming on Hulu. Donald Glover is one of our great creative minds of this generation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and having with him, you know, Brian Tyree Henry, Zazie Beats, like Keith Stanfield, who are th- arguably three of the biggest like black actors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're in everything, the show this season in particular, it they're so genius when they do it. So it's almost anthology, but then also like every other episode connects to one of the previous episodes. So they're, you know, they're on tour, but then also they have these episodes that kind of play with race, race relations mm-hmm. and flip things on their head a little bit. It's trippy. They have this eeriness in some episodes that kind of reminds you of like Jordan Peele's films. Um, mm-hmm. It's, and it's funny. I mean, even the descriptions of the episodes, they kind of make fun of themselves. Um, and it's topical. Um, and it's shots like very cinematically. Like, I don't know. And I, I mean, I see why it took so long for them to bring this season out because it takes a lot of thought to make these episodes without mm-hmm. to, to be like PC without being PC and to take these nuances of like, mm-hmm. you know, reparations or, you know, th- there's an episode where a kid gets, uh, you know he's really he's being bad and he gets kidnapped and they think that it's plays like on the the whole liberal mm-hmm. family at dynamic you know adapting kids and it's it, it's so good man it, and, and it's still going on I think the newest episode drops next week I believe next Wednesday um, and it's almost one where you want to wait till the season's over so you can watch all of them mm-hmm. but I mean if you if you watch them week to week it's I mean it's so so good it's so good yeah every that's... single. Go but, ahead. No, I was just say that's where I'm at. I'm I'm waiting until the season's uh, me too dropped, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll plow through them. Um, but I love how the many show. episodes are left in this season. Do you know? I know right now. Next week will be episode nine. I'm not sure how many they're doing. Okay. Like probably probably ten. I know that for me anyway. There's at least one episode each season. Each of these first two seasons that's been a standout. Like for season one, it was whenever uh, Brian Tyree Henry went on that. Uh, TV channel, like the, um, the mm-hmm. local news channel. Yeah, yeah. To and it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. And then in season two, when Lakey Stanfield goes to buy that piano, that one felt like a yeah. a, a Jordan Peele episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering if if there's been an episode like that in season three that's just stood out. There's definitely one that not enough people, I guess, because people are waiting, haven't talked about it enough. But mm. it's definitely one that is gonna. It can cause arguments. I've had well, I, me and some friends got into it, and it turned to an hour long argument where we paused the episode and got into it for nice. a little bit. And it's it's some it's a, it's some of the episodes are like conversations that need to be had, and they're uncomfortable. And I think that's what Donald Glover is good at doing is creating these uncomfortable situations and making you live through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Atlanta is on FX and Hulu. Yellow Jackets is on Showtime and Ozark. All season streaming on Netflix. Well, we did it, guys. We managed to accomplish a podcast in this universe and maybe others. Who knows? I haven't haven't dreamed about it lately. So we'll find out. Uh, 
Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. For Stiff Pop, it is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks to Drew for putting together some graphics for the show today. Oh, yeah, buddy. And thank you to Dom Fisher for coming by from Geek Vibes Woo! Nation. Um, yes. Yeah, give give people a little bit of, uh, point them to where they can find you on the internets. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at the Dom Fisher, which is normally where I'm at. Uh, Twitter, I try to use as much as possible, which is not a lot. But that's <laughs> at, at King underscore Good Fish. Man. And then you can find everything else that we do on YouTube by searching Geek Vibes Nation and our website, geekvibesnation.com. There you go. Check it out. Uh, always love it when you're on, Dom. Thanks for making some time for us. It. Really, really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, also, if you want to be a Sip Pop member, you can do that at Patreon. Um, our Sip Pop members help support what goes on here at $3 a month. Uh, that's where it starts. Lots of fun perks there you can check out. That's patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts uh, or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like this show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than surviving a sharp major blow to the head. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with some more movie discussion, and we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Adios. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.